Hey, everybody. Thanks for dropping by another episode of the podcast. Appreciate it so much, more than you could ever know. And for everybody that continues to screenshot these episodes, post them on social media, or just you know slide into the DMs and tell us you're listening. For all the fans we've met the last few weeks that have... Uh, told us you missed the the podcast i appreciate it more than you'll ever know so really excited about this one um young briggs madsen who kind of shocked the world on pbr team's draft day one of the unknown names for a lot of pbr fans that was selected in the fourth round by the oklahoma freedom and general manager brandon bates said watch out we're about to shock everybody and then they selected briggs madsen which you know was was new to a lot of us but Really inspiring story you're going to hear today on the podcast. He is an incredible young man, not only a great bull rider, but he is just an incredible young man and a joy to be around. I'm honored that he took the time out of his day to sit down and uh, kind of tell his story. I think you guys are really going to like this. No, I know you guys are really going to like this. Um, And if you do, do me a favor. Shout out the podcast so we can continue to grow this thing. Uh, Make sure you're following Briggs Madsen on social media. Again, just uh, an incredible, unique story and what this guy's been through in his life. I am just, I'm honored to know the guy. He is uh, a remarkable man and I'm excited to see what he does in the future. I'm excited to have him on the podcast, so I'm going to start stop rambling and let you guys get into the episode. Again, if you haven't already, make sure you hit the subscribe button. Make sure you drop us a comment. Make sure you leave us a five-star rating and help us tell the rest of the world about what we're doing here, the Matt West Now podcast. I'm going to shut up. I'm going to turn it over to the conversation with young Utah Cowboy, Briggs Madsen. Appreciate it, man. It's early. Thanks uh, Thanks for doing this. How you feeling? Oh, I feel good. Yeah, good. Yeah. Uh, you should feel good after the last, what, five in a row? Yeah, yeah. Finally got a, uh, a little corner turn there. Um, let's talk big stuff. I know bull riding's big. We'll get into that, but let's be honest. The big thing for you right now is I heard you met the Backstreet Boys this week. Is that true? <laughs> That's true, yeah. I mean, just how excited were you? Be honest. Well, my excitement level, uh, it probably wasn't where it should have been because I had to have Casey sing me one of their songs on the way over to Wait, beat him because I didn't, I, I didn't know exactly what songs they sang or who they were. <laughs> you didn't know the Backstreet Boys? No, no. Oh my god! Well, of course, once I heard their songs, then then yeah, I, I knew who they were. But you know how many women in their like late twenties, early to mid thirties, right now, maybe even older than that, are are are, are mad at you because oh. you got to meet the Backstreet Boys and didn't even know who they were. Oh yeah, standing in that line, it was it was all middle-aged women was it really there was no no younger women and no men for sure (laughs) were they like uh i mean i'm assuming the people that got to meet them were like just ecstatic yeah yeah you we was standing in line with everybody else of course and they'd come out of the door and you know they're all hyperventilating and i'm like (laughs) dang these guys must be some real heartthrobs or something like that and no they're you see them and they're all 40 <laughs> Yeah, they're, they're all old guys. I saw some videos from the Backstreet Boy co- Boys concert, and uh, I like I was like looking at them, and they're still trying to dress like they did when they were huge megastars. But they're kind of rocking dad bods. Yeah, oh yeah. Like 40-year-old guys. For sure. Um, 
So what other guys were with you to meet the Backstreet Boys? It, it was just it was just me and Casey Roberts, and then uh, of course uh, Jen and Casey was okay. with us. A couple and of I, ladies that work for the PBR. Yeah, yeah, and I I told them I was like I feel like I gotta explain myself. For, I gotta explain why I'm standing here in a line waiting to go backstage to meet the Backstreet Boys. <laughs> did what did the guys say? Like. Were they cool or? Uh, it was pretty brief. I, really? I, I, I was expecting a little, a little more interaction, but it was pretty brief. Yeah. Well, I mean, you aren't a middle-aged woman. Yeah. Like no, not. not a uh, a good-looking middle-aged woman. Get on down the line, Briggs. No. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, that's funny because so we uh we joke about that, but but this tour this world that we're living in right now it really is a blessing like there's a lot of things like that that like and i i know it's probably not going to be on the top of your list of cool things you've done meeting the backstreet boys but how's the experience been so far i mean oh it's it's completely about the the relationships and the experience for me you know because i i'm getting to do what i love and not a lot of people you know can say that Right. you know throughout their lives a lot of people go their whole lives and and probably never are d- truly doing what they would like to do and so um it's been been pretty different going from uh you know amateur ranks to from pro rodeo to here it's this is a completely different animal you got cameras in your face all the time you're a lot more PR stuff which you know, I I enjoy that part of it. Yeah. So, talk to me about that because I I think a lot of people don't realize, and, and we'll say it on TV every once in a while, or say it even in the arena that there is an adjustment process. Like, there's a difference between what the PBR does and every other place in the world where you can ride bulls. It's just so it is different. Like, is there an adjustment period? Um, I would, yeah. Yeah, and I I would say it's more the pace of it all. You know, you go to a pro rodeo or something, and unless you're one of the top 15 in the world, nobody cares who yeah, you are. You right. know what I mean? And um, for the most part, you're not you're not rushed too much here. You know, there's a there's a time schedule when you when you climb in the buck and shoot like the time starts and and you're rolling on through tv yeah you know there, yeah. i mean you, you got to get everything done there's and, and that is a huge difference that like people don't realize i mean you got to go because when we're in the tv world you have certain time restraints that you have to meet and so it does kind of speed the process up for for you guys for everybody really yeah and nobody Nobody ever really. I don't know if anybody else feels this way, but it's it's almost like you're on a like a movie set or something when you're behind the shoots at a PBR event. Like it's it's not like any other rodeo or anything like that. It it's just a different vibe, it, and it just takes a minute to get used to. Well, you kind of are. I mean, you're basically on a like we have a TV studio. Our bull riding arena is a TV studio. There's cameras yeah. everywhere. There's lights everywhere. You're hitting, you know, you're you're going to work when they say go to work. You're cutting when they say cut. I mean, that's a really good way to point or, or to put it is because it is kind of like a, a movie set constantly. Yeah. Um, take me back to 
that day, draft day, because fourth round, right? Yep. Fourth round drafted by the Oklahoma Freedom, Brandon Bates. Um, talk to me about that day. Uh, so it was it was all a humbling experience leading up to the draft um, because I had talked to, I think, five of the the eight coaches. And then especially that day, you know, I was out um, pouring concrete, uh, you know, with my, my dad and brother. And, and all day long, I was getting calls from, you know, coaches. And so... I, so I, okay, so that's that's news to me. So like five different coaches are calling you, talking to you about this process. Had that been something that had been going on for like, did they call several times or? Um, it was it wasn't as frequent um, leading up to the draft day, right? But then draft day, like I w- I was on and off the phone multiple times with like one coach or yeah. and they were all just just calling me throughout the day and. Even uh, like Carolina Cowboys, they I think they had their 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 roster five, but right. then you know they were wanting me to sign a free agent as a free agent if I didn't you know get picked through the draft and and it was also I I mean I'd never really um, been in a position that way where I had to you know almost be my own agent I I, I didn't. I didn't really know what was going to be the best for me, and so I, I <laughs> literally, I, I was, I was pretty overwhelmed there at work, and I just kind of had to say a prayer that I'd be put wherever I needed to be, you know. And then, does Bates call you right before he drafts you, or? Oh yeah, he. he I'd never even talked to Bates. Didn't even know he was from Oakley, Utah. And what the funny thing is, that's where I was working. I was I was working right down the road from where Brandon lives. So, for people that don't know Brandon Bates, the general manager of the Oklahoma Freedom, the team that you ended up on. So, you hadn't had a conversation with him. No, nope. I at talked. All. I had talked to Cord. Uh, like three weeks prior, and then Cody Lostro called me that day, and and talked to me a little bit. But honestly, they like Cord and Cody. They're not like pushy at all, and so that so I I didn't really know how high I was on their priority list just because they're they're both such nice guys. That, I could see that. I I mean I could see a guy feeling like they're. Honestly, like they're not even interested, really, because, like you say, they're not very aggressive in their conversation. Yeah, yeah. And Cody, he he asked me, he's like, "Yeah, we've been going through your videos. I just want to know why why a guy with so much talent, why we haven't seen him more." And I I didn't know if he meant that like negatively, if yeah, <laughs> or, but you just kind of have to almost like a date like you know you're beautiful you got your stuff together okay what's the flaw <laughs> yeah like yeah. right like i mean like you're meeting this really hot girl and she's like seems perfect there's got to be something hidden in there yeah um so what was it i told him um that i had went on a two-year church mission for the church of jesus christ the latter-day saints and i left right out of high school when i turned 18 and so, uh, let's see, what year would I have got back? I think I got back sometime in 2020. Which, for people that don't understand, that's something that the men do, right? 
Yeah, yeah, it's not not required. Right. It's completely, you know, voluntary. Um, but a, a lot of the young men in in the church do go on. It's a missions. service. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So your mission was where? Uh, South Carolina. So you just pack up, move, and you're out there for two years? Yep, out there for two years. You have different uh, teaching partners that you are basically your roommates, and you can change those every six weeks, and then they'll they'll move you to different areas throughout the state uh, during the mission. And like I said, it's it's all voluntary, no pay. Just you're out uh, sharing the message of Jesus Christ and trying to help people. Which I think is amazing because a lot of people will go, I'm not going to go spend two years of my life without a job, without, you know, or without getting paid. And you weren't riding bulls for those two years, right? No, nope. It's it. If you choose to go, it's complete, you know, cons, consecration to the work. You have to dive in fully 365 for two years. Yep, exactly. Man, I, 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 I commend you for that because that is something that I have a hard time committing to something for 20 minutes, much <laughs> yeah. less two years. But... Again, it goes to show the character of of you as a human being that your faith, that your God, everything is that important to you. Yeah, and I I mean, even riding bulls, I, you know, if I can be a good example to people around me and and help people along the way, then then it don't matter what else happens. You know, that's that's the big picture. You yeah, know? I love that. I love that. Um, so you leave at 18, you're gone till you're 20 and then you come back. Let's go back before that. How did you get into, to bull ride? Uh, so my dad and, and my mom, they met in high school rodeo. They both, both rodeoed. My mom still trains barrel horses for herself. My dad, he was actually a saddle bronc rider and, uh, really, the the only reason I went the bull riding route, I think, is I just watch eight seconds, <laughs> literally like every day growing up. When really, I was little, I'd watch eight seconds, and so I think that's kind of what mm-hmm. what veered me towards riding bulls. But then, of course, when I was old enough, I started riding broncs and was successful as a bronc rider too. Which did you like better? Whatever I was winning, yeah. <laughs> Whatever I was winning at. Smoking like me. a cowboy, yeah. Whatever pays the most, whatever I'm winning at. Like, like you strike me now that you say that as a bronc rider. I yeah. don't know. I don't know why. <laughs> so, did you just decide one day to not ride broncs anymore, or what? No, I was actually I I was struggling this past year riding bulls, and so I I was riding broncs all winter and uh, got a new saddle. Had some problems with the saddle that I had, and so. That's when I kind of refocused on bull riding and just hit some big licks at the at the right time. And that's kind of how I ended up in the PBR draft. And so I'm not done as a bronc rider by any means. I I actually got a, a new saddle on the way and oh, really? plan to keep getting on some bucks. Still got horses. the itch. Yeah, yeah. So do you think you'll like kick back into... And I mean, I know there's a lot of business and stuff that you're going to have to deal with in the next few months. But uh, like, do you think you're going to kick right back into bronc riding at the end of the PBR teams? Or um, it'll all 
it'll kind of depend on what my little brother does because he he's 18 still in high school but he he rides broncs and bulls as well yeah and we're we're really close so we we like to go together you know man that'd be go rodeoing and so uh depending on how everything works out what my schedule is i'll i'll try to go as much as i can with him we underestimate sometimes how special that is to be able to travel with family um especially in the the early stages like that if you guys can go hit the road together i mean those are memories you'll you'll never forget yeah yeah that's that's been something that's hard with the pbr is i'd leave every thursday and my little brother he's my best friend and yeah. and he he really struggles when i when i got to go out on the road cuz you know we both when we're traveling together we we make each other better and you know you don't, you don't have to worry about a, a crappy traveling partner or right. somebody that ain't pulling their weight when you're when you're going with your brother cuz we work hard together during the week you know we're out pouring concrete together and then you get to go ride bulls on the weekends yeah i mean does he get to come with you at all you think he will uh he come to cheyenne and then he probably he'll come to the world finals i'm sure but but probably just having somebody like that there that that, like it's a comfort yeah yeah exactly um it's like me when my wife is around like I don't care if she just lays in the hotel room all day, which she doesn't do, but like the comfort of knowing that, that somebody close to you is there, it, it changes everything. Yeah, most definitely. Um, all right. So how old are you when you start? Uh, riding bulls. Yeah. So I started, I, I mean, I was riding calves, steers, mini bulls up until I was probably 11 and 12. Yeah. Around 11 and 12, I started getting on big bulls and um when i was in junior high and and high school uh utah junior high and high school rodeo had had good stock and especially in junior high we was getting on some pretty stout stuff for 12 year olds and and you had some tough competition some guys that were tough right yep uh kyler oliver he's my cousin we grew up 30 minutes from each other really i didn't know that yep and we i mean we we were really close we junior rodeo junior high high school everything his um grandma is my aunt gotcha and so we've always been really close stetson writes our age we, we was all best friends growing up yeah um and i mean rider right all, all those uh, right kids, you know, that are around my age was in there. And then, you know, there's a lot of good, uh, athletes from Utah that just have, haven't really gone on after high school that were, that were pretty competitive. So you just rattled off like the rights and Kyler and you, uh, okay. Who, who did most of the winning? Um, it really just kind of depended on the circumstances really, because, um, I mean, there were years that any any one of us was either hurt or whatever. Uh, I th- that I think that was kind of Kyler's story. I I I don't remember quite what happened, but I, it seems like he was hurt, yeah. you know, at certain points. And then me and Stetson, my junior high, or my junior year in high school, uh, we went in within a point of each other 
same thing my senior year. He won it our junior year. I won it our senior year. Oh, so oh. it was always back and forth. Man, that kid's went on. He's he's building. He's building an amazing career. Yeah, like he's going to be one of the all time huge superstars in rodeo. Yep, and a good kid, good guy. Yeah, uh, got to spend some time with him in in Vegas during the Monster Energy Teams Challenge, and uh, I just I I can't say enough good things about that guy. That whole family, you know, it's almost disgusting how how nice they are. Um, okay, so you're rocking and rolling, you know. 11, 12, 13, then what happens? Uh, so really I was, I was on a pretty good uphill, uh, my last year in junior high, I was second in the nation, rolled into my freshman year, um, qualified for, for nationals in the bull riding and the bronc riding, which, uh, was, quite an accomplishment as a freshman, especially in the bronc riding. And I was, I was riding broncs really well, went to nationals, uh, went into the short round, sitting third in, in the nation as a freshman, didn't have the best short round ride, but still ended up second, second in the nation. And so as a bronc rider, as a bronc rider, and a freshman. Yeah. So, and, and of course, when, when you're riding broncs good, it, it helps your bull riding at the same time. So I was I was riding bulls good too. Um, so going into my sophomore year, I was on a high uh, at the first two high school rodeos. I won the bulls and the Bronx both days. Things are going really well. Second high school rodeo of the season, uh, Bronx flips over on me in the buck and shoot and oh. breaks my back. When you say breaks your back, do you remember where? Yeah, so it it was L two to it it was the the lower part of my back. I can't remember exactly um, which ones it was, but it was five vertebrae. I know the L two, three, and four uh, very well because that's what I deal with is my those those three vertebrae. Um, okay, so what happened after that? Uh, so it it crushed those vertebrae and right away paralyzed me from the waist down and so uh, obviously they they rushed me to the hospital i was life lighted out of vernal utah to primary children's where i had uh emergency surgery and after that i had to they told me i i would never walk again really yeah yeah how do you process that as a 15 15 right yeah, as a fifteen-year-old yep. kid, like that's unimaginable to me. Oh, it was tough because up to the up until that point, rodeo was my entire life. Yeah. You know, I didn't play any other sports. You know, I it was full dedication towards rodeo, and so uh, you know to see that all kind of coming to a halt and mm-hmm. thinking about having to you know start over and do something new. It was it was pretty devastating so 15 doctors say you're never going to walk again then what uh really i just kind of had to make a choice in in my own head you know obviously um the the odds are going to be stacked against you all throughout your life no matter what you're doing and so i just decided that you know no matter what 
I was told that I was just going to work as hard as I could and, and most importantly, maintain a good attitude. And so from then on, it was just severe physical therapy, trying to relearn how to walk again and, and yeah, do all that. So how long did it take you before you started walking? Uh, so the crazy part about it was, um, I ended up walking, uh, like la- I was in primary children's for probably four weeks. And that last week I actually, it, it wasn't much of a, much of a walk, but I, I walked across the floor of the therapy room and, and the, the surgeon that told me I'd never walk again, he was pretty, pretty surprised. Did he cry? Oh, I, I don't know if he cried, but he was, you know, to this day, yeah. he'll still, he'll tell you, you know, I was this miracle patient. Do you keep so. in touch with him? No, not as much as I should, but I've talked to him a few times throughout the years. Does he know what with, you're doing now? I don't know if he knows exactly what level I've got to now. Oh man, that's, that's so cool. Like you should just like start sending him videos of you on, on CBS national television now. Hey, I know. Remember when you told me this, but Okay, and and that's why I have a hard time with people that don't believe, you know, at all. Because you've got doctors telling you you're not going to walk again. And a month later, here you are. You're doing it, right? You can't tell me there's not a God that's in charge of all this stuff. No, no. And I, I cannot give any credit to myself. I mean, there was there were so many people that rallied around me, right. you know, not just in the state of, I mean, the whole state of Utah, but beyond that, you know, rodeo is such a great community. So many people, you know, were just sending prayers. And I think with that much faith and then along with the faith that I had myself, I mean, anything's possible. You, you, you gotta, you gotta pat yourself on the back because a lot of people would have just said, okay, and taken that and moved on and said, this is my life from now on. But in your heart, in your head, you worked to, to make it, I mean, you have to make a decision that like, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to do this. And so you got to give yourself a lot of credit because not everybody has that, you know, like, like sometimes when you're just having a bad day, some people will just, and and I'm guilty. I'll just say, okay, that's how my day is going to go. But like keeping the attitude and like the strength mentally to keep moving forward, man, that's that's commendable. Well, and I'm I'm definitely not perfect. I think that's what a lot of people don't see is you know people that are successful in life. It it looks good from the outside, but right. I mean everybody wants to give up at some point or yeah. another. But it's just you know making the choice every day when you roll out of bed that you're going to you're going to try to be better instead of right. you know instead of letting the world around you determine what so, you do. So at 15 uh crust of vertebrae, they tell you you're never going to walk. You walk a month later. At what point do you start rodeoing again? It was it was tough. I mean, even though I I walked, you know, a month later, it was, I mean, it was barely a walk. And so for the next year, I, I went to outpatient therapy, went to a place called NeuroWorks in Utah, one of the best spinal mm-hmm. recovery places yeah. in the world. So that I was very lucky to, to have that facility right. in my home state. I, 
I mean, that was just pure luck. You know right. what I mean? And so every day my mom would drive me, drive me down there is two hours from our house and, and just grind it hard for, for about a year. And after that year, you're still going to school during all this. No, no, okay. I, I got pulled out of school. Okay. It's just focus on life. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yep. So after that year, uh, they, they had a time, a time stamp when they wanted me to come back in, you know, for my checkup, you know, when they determined everything would be healed. Right. So when I went in for that checkup, the, the surgeon couldn't believe what he, what he saw because I had made such great strides you know in in those those few months and you know when he saw seeing how good i was doing how well i i had recovered as well as how how good the injury had healed i mean he said i wouldn't i wouldn't recommend rodeoing again because you've seen what it's already done to you but he said you're fine you're you're gonna you can go do whatever you want and you'll be okay isn't that cool yeah. Uh, it's, it's so crazy how God works. Like it's, a, it's amazing how you can go from all of that to, yeah, you're good. Like, yeah. I, I can't tell you what to do. Um, okay. So, so when is it that you finally get the courage to try it again? Because I, I can't imagine that that was an easy decision or were you just like, I'm going to do this. Oh, I, that day, that day <laughs> after I met with the surgeon, I went right home Loaded up some bulls and and really? went and got on some. Yeah, you're nuts. It was, it was. At looking back, it wasn't the the smartest <laughs> decision because I, I definitely, I I wanted it so bad, but the fear was was crippling. Really, yeah, yeah. It was it was hard to overcome. How that do you? Part I mean, but okay. How do you do that? How do you overcome that? Because like I'm, I'm scared to death of heights. I can't overcome. Like I don't have the mental capacity to do certain things. Like, so how do you do that? I, I think I, honestly it was um, God's hand in everything because I got stomped freaking hard a couple of different times. Like not long after I started riding again, just took some slammings and. I, I was kind of wondering, like, what what the heck's the deal? Why like why am I just getting throttled every time I turn around? Yeah. But in some ways, I think that you know, my my heavenly Father wanted me to realize that I was okay. You know that I could I could yeah you, you know could take that part of it. Yeah, I could take the the slammings and and I was gonna be okay. Almost like. Showing you your fears, and then that way you can compartmentalize them and push them to the back. Like, yeah, I don't yeah. have to worry about that because, yeah, man, that's a great way to look at it. That's a great way to look. Like I can handle this, so I don't have to worry about it. Yeah, look at you. Like that's uh, is it something that like do you still think about it, or is it just biz- back to business as usual? Not not the the accident or anything yeah. like that, but um being so low for such a long period of time you know what i mean like i i was i was i was basically handicapped for right for such a long time and then even when i started riding again it did not just come back like 
it didn't come back naturally. It was, it was a not couple like of, riding a bike. No, okay, no, it was a couple of years of just, you know, I guess feeling what everybody else might have felt like. You know, where I was very successful at a young age, I I went back to square one and I had to relearn how to how to do it all again, and so it honestly kind of affected my my confidence or my I don't know what you call it my my self perception and I've had to work hard to to reprogram my brain confidently you know yeah and you know it took a couple of years there when I was in high school but by by my junior and senior year like I said you know I was second in the state and then won the state and kind of got back into the groove of things. But then when I left on my mission again, it was like, it was like rest, a restart and again. Yeah. So when I come home off my mission, I don't know if it was because of the injury and because my body's just different now. Um, it, riding, it, it was the same thing. Riding was not like riding a bike. I, I had to really work, work at, at it. it. Yeah. When I got got back off. I mean, you, you take two years off of doing anything. I mean, like, like I sometimes will, if I'm writing a check or something, I haven't wrote cursive in six months. Like even little things like, you know, you take time away from anything. It, it's, it's hard to pick it right back up sometimes. Yeah. Um, I, I can't even imagine bull riding, especially after all that. So, all right. So you got a couple of years here, a couple of years there, fast forward, uh, 22, drafted in the fourth round you told you said a minute ago you were out just pouring concrete yep no big deal you weren't like locked in watching me and kate you know huh you weren't watching the draft you were just doing your deal Come yeah, on, I, I was definitely i was definitely uh keeping a watch on it you know i knew i knew it was coming up and so um i mean when i say we was pouring concrete we literally had trucks there we were pouring concrete out. It that's, was that's not easy work. I mean, you're working. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Luckily, my dad's in just as invested in in me, yeah. you know, as I am, and so so he was, you know, I was kind of paying attention to it while they were, you know, keeping things rolling. You know, kept pouring pouring concrete out, and then uh, once it started getting close, of course. It, it was pretty cool because all of our guys that work for us, you know, the the pump guy, the the concrete truck guys, they all come over and was and was watching the screen at the same really? time. And so did they know? Did they know that you rode bulls or? Well, we had been we had been telling them about it because yeah. uh, you know all week long we'd been on this job for like two weeks. It was a big commercial job and and. You know, we'd been telling telling them about it because I I was on the phone, you know, yeah. all the time with with coaches or whatever, and so they they knew what was going on, and I kind of explained to them how it was a, a revolutionary uh, uh, advance for the sport of bull riding with the whole team concept yeah. and everything, and so. These were guys that weren't very familiar with rodeo, but you know everybody understands sport, other sports, yeah. in the team aspect, and so 
when you talk about the draft and something else, you know, that's it's big, a big deal. That's a huge deal. Yeah. And so, um, to, for them to, to see somebody, you know, get drafted into professional sports, it that's was pretty, cool. it was pretty cool. Um, so I'm assuming Brandon calls you that day. Yeah. Okay. Yep. What, he, what's he say? He called me literally. He, he called. I didn't know it was. It was the phone was a little behind real time, and so he calls me, and he's like, "Hey, I got thirty seconds, and I need to know if you're the real deal." And I, I mustered up as much confidence as I could, and you know, I said, "Yeah, I'm the real deal." And he said, okay, I'm picking you. And he hung up the phone. And, of course, the phone's behind. So I'm, like, watching. I, and now I know what's going to happen a little bit. But I didn't say nothing to anybody else. And so I, I just had to watch it all play out from there. Uh, I can tell you exactly what happened next. When he hung up the phone with you, he called me on the live broadcast. And he said, I'm about to shake things up. Watch yeah. this. <laughs> and I'm like okay, who you picking? And click. He wouldn't tell me. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it came in and, you know, they made the announcement that it was going to be you. And to be honest, I was like, okay, I don't, I don't know much about this kid. Yeah. Um, and that was kind of my fault, but nobody, that's the thing about that draft is like, Everybody had their eye on different people, but nobody wanted to talk about it publicly. Nobody yeah. wanted to tell anybody. It was secretive. It was like a middle school locker room, man. Um, and so I was like, man, that's that's awesome. But I could tell when when he called me, I looked down at him, and you could tell by looking at his face that like genuine excitement. Yeah. You know, because you can tell, like especially with him. But I was like, there's something to this. Because he's that genuinely excited and happy right now. Here we go. It was interesting for me because I know a lot of the guys that was sitting there at the draft that had been in the PBR, proved themselves. And, you know, good friends of mine that hadn't got picked yet and, and getting picked, you know, in front of a lot of guys that were probably just as deserving it it was it was pretty pretty interesting yeah. for me i didn't i didn't know you know how to feel about it cuz putting myself in their shoes i i know how how it would have felt yeah you know for them um fast forward you show up you're part of the team's process you you go through training camp uh few challenger events this summer show up to cheyenne and we start through this have a little bump in the road takes you a little bit to get going but now the wheels are in motion everything looks good um how you feeling about what you're doing and how your team's coming together i i feel great um yeah we it it took us a minute to get rolling but i wasn't ever I wasn't ever really worried about it, you know what I mean? And especially now where we got our our starting five, you know, we're all healthy and, and able to compete, you know, every weekend. It There's been an, an, a new or just a, 
a good jive between between the team yeah. now. You know, yeah. I, I don't it's not that none of the other guys, you know, we didn't get along or didn't jive. It's just that uh, for a minute there, everybody was getting busted up, and so we was constantly rotating who who was Hard getting, to get in a groove. Yeah, yeah. There there was no groove at all yeah. because everything was just moving around so much. Yeah. But I I think the the reason that the the five of us um, do work so good together is because we all are putting in the same amount of work. You know what I mean? I I know how hard, you know, Chase and Eli, you know, those older guys, they got to work just as hard as us young guys because they are getting... If not harder. You know? Yeah, yeah, if not harder. I I know Chase, he's got to work, you know, two times as hard as any of us just to stay put together. What a beast. He's one of my favorite human beings God ever (laughs) created. Like, he is such an animal. Nobody, Nobody even understands just what an animal he really is until you're around him but they also don't know what a good-hearted kind human being he is yes you see that rough like super aggressive but holy crap he's like he he's one of my favorite people ever he's such a good human yeah that is true um a little rough around the edges sometimes. <laughs> Ain't we all? Yeah, that's right. Ain't that's right. All. all right. So you know, here we are now. You, you've 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 gotten a hot streak. Um, everything's rolling for the freedom. You, uh, but you say you're going to go back and ride ride some Bronx, ride ride some Bulls. Just yep. kind of let life play out. What do what do people not know about Briggs that you you wish they did, or you know, what do you want people to know about you? Is there anything? Um. One thing I don't like getting called a bull rider. Um, I, I, I'm an all-around cowboy. You know, when I go home, I'm roping during the week, picking up broncs. You know, this is just yeah. a, a sliver of of really what what I like to do and who who I like to be as a person. You know, I I I just like being a cowboy. You know, it's it's more than just frankly. This is the only place that I can make this kind of money. Right. So that's, this is this job. Yeah. At the end of the day, this is the job. I mean, it's no different than any other sport. Uh, I I love that you say that because there's a lot of guys that don't go back on Monday through Thursday and have anything to do with this other than maybe get on practice bulls. You know, yeah. they're they're not. And I know that this week Cord had you out working and saddling horses and gathering cows and all kinds of stuff so yeah like you love it oh yeah that's that's what i would prefer and um just kind of trying to figure out how i can set myself up to where i can do what i love every day you know what i mean you know i'm trying to i'm trying to take this opportunity when i'm young enough and able to ride bulls and make this kind of money to set myself up you know on down the road that that's my my entire goal and and reason for doing this it yeah you know just to thinking ahead yep man that's so cool um well i know you got a busy day i know there's a lot of stuff to get to i appreciate you taking the time to do this um we'll we'll have to do this again of course yeah i've i've enjoyed it i i i've got to sit and visit with you a little bit 
you know, throughout the season, obviously, but everybody that's known you for a long time, they just, they love you to death and they all talk, to, they all say the same thing. Man, that Briggs is such a good guy, such a good guy. Um, so it's cool. I appreciate you jumping on here and doing this. Um, there it is. Don't call him a bull rider. He's cowboy. Briggs Madsen. Are you still pouring concrete? Uh, I've I've had to to take a step back a little bit. Okay, I, so no more pouring concrete on Mondays. Like, yeah, this is, I, this is it. I, I was trying there the first couple of weeks, and by the time the weekend got there, man, I was so ragged and run down. Is that down. the family business? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so what what does what does Dad think? What's the family think? Oh, they they want what whatever's best they're for me. okay with and it so yeah he's he's okay kind of understands understand. yeah all right they're not telling you come on we need some help okay. yeah, yeah good all right good he's not pouring concrete anymore good to know uh briggs again thanks for doing this man proud member of the oklahoma freedom and the newest member of the backstreet boys fan club awesome <laughs> thanks dude thank you